Thank you so much for listening to Tiger Jive Radio. I'm Kelly J. Lewis, and with me today in our noon hour is Miss Star L. Chavez. Now, she is running for the secretary of the Wichita Tribal Executive Committee. Star, thank you so much for coming on the show today. No problem. Thanks for having me, Kelly. So let's get down to brass tacks. Why do you want to hold that secretary seat for the Wichita tribe? I just feel like it's time for my generation to step up and get in there and work for the Wichita people. I'm just a very organized person. I'm that go-getter person. I'm self-managed. I'm honest. I value integrity. I'm very open-minded. I'm a very strong person that just has overcome, you know, a lot of obstacles in my life. And I just want to get in there and be an effective leader for the Wichita people. What kind of things do you have planned for when you get in office? I have four primary goals. What my four primary goals are, first, my throat is so dry, these allergies are horrible is transparency. And I think that's, you know, the ultimate goal for every tribe. But when I think of transparency is openness, you know, not withholding information. And I think that's always been an issue for the Wichita tribe, being approachable and just being open-minded to different perspectives and different ideas and communicating, you know, letting your people know what's going on, having accurate meeting minutes, having accurate tribal records. If, you know, a tribal member misses a meeting, they should be able to access those meeting minutes and know what happened. And most importantly is accountability. You know, these elected officials are required to do certain duties. And when they get in office, you know, they should be accountable for those duties. And that's part of, you know, just being a great leader. My second is giving the general counsel their voices back and restoring their rights as the supreme governing body. For whatever reason, the Wichita tribe implemented discussion-only meetings. You know, this in turn took away the rights of the general counsel to make motions. And some motions that are made are ignored and not implemented. And a part of treating and giving their rights back is just treating them all equally. Now, the biggest goal I have is efficient government infrastructure. And this is a variety of things. But just to give you a little bit of a summary, first off, we need to work on being an effective board. We need to define a code of conduct. Our employees are required to follow personnel policies. And, you know, they're required to behave a certain way, do's and don'ts. And I think that's, you know, that's what we should do too. We should follow rules too. We need to restore the professionalism. We need to compromise. We need to not hold grudges and slander each other's names. We're there to make a difference for the people. We're not there to fight amongst ourselves. We need to, we need to update governing documents. We need to organize our, our commissions. We have several commissions. We have no bylaws for those commissions. We need to define, you know, separation of authority from your executive committee to your board members on these separate commissions. We also need to avoid conflicts with tribal members sitting on multiple boards. Our governing resolution is currently six pages long. Now, you can imagine how difficult it is to govern an entire nation off of six pages. We need to update our ordinances. We need tribal policy and procedures for programs. We need to implement standardized processes. You know, we need a uniform way to do things such as calculating income, conducting intake, proper case management, preparing a budget. We need to go paperless. You know, if you update your address in one location, 
that that address should be updated across the board. Right now, because we're all paper, you go to enrollment, update your address, and it's still not updated in social services. You know, and this could be frustrating for tribal members when, you know, they're in a crisis and they really need help. We need to improve our fiscal budgeting. We need to teach our directors what allowable and unallowable costs are. We need to monitor spending. No more requests for carryover. We should never have an issue of not spending all your money to help your tribal people. We need to define authority of positions. Right now, almost every decision is sent to the executive committee for approval. Now, every decision has to be taken to the executive committee. You don't really need employees. We need to train our staff. Right now, you're held, you're held accountable for doing your job or not doing your job. But before we can really do that, we need to teach you how to do your job. We need proper training. We need proper collaboration of programs. All of our programs intercorrelate in one way or another. We need to work together and set up a more efficient referral system. We need to improve our workplace culture. And I think a lot of this can be alleviated if you were to have these standardized processes and have a general understanding of how things operate. We need to empower our employees and trust them to do their job once we, you know, get our processes in place. And finally, my last goal, and probably the most difficult just because it's never been looked at or even worked on, is bridging the gap between local and non-local tribal members. We need to implement absentee ballots. The election ordinance was passed four years ago. And for whatever reason, less than 40 days to elections, it's still not effective. You shouldn't have to drive or fly or find a way to get to Anadarko, Oklahoma to cast your vote and to speak to who you want in leadership. You know, it's the year 2020. So technological advances, you, there has to be something out there that we can use. The tribal members have this right restored. We need to include our general... Uh, our tribal members in the general council meetings. You know, people, there's Zoom, there's so other there's software out there that they can actively participate. We have so many intelligent, educated, diverse, hardworking tribal members in this world that we need to get their input on what they want to do for the tribe. Right now, when we submit grant applications, we count our entire tribal population. That includes demographics. Yet, when we're awarded these grants, they're not allowed to use services because they don't live within the service area. And it's understandable on some grants, they require, you know, limited service areas in a local area. There's nothing you really can do to get past that. But let's improve our economic development. So we do have a separate program for these people because anyone needs help every now and then. You need help with rent assistance in Anadarko just like you could in Alabama. So let's find a way to help these people. Those are just my four primary goals. The government infrastructure is probably going to be the hardest and the biggest task, but that's the one I'm really focused on, too. Let's talk about that one, then. You made several okay. points that I want to go back and ask about. And uh, let's start with the government inefficiencies. I know that that is an issue across probably every tribe in the United States is that kind of getting lost in the cracks, especially if you're an absentee voter, especially if you don't live right there in the where the complex is to where you can go around the cage and say, hey, why isn't my address changed across the board? And so let's talk about a couple of those government inefficiencies like that that you are going to work to correct. Okay. Hello? Yes. Where are you going to start? 
Well, I think first is just getting elected and learning to work with each other. Right now we have a lot of new names on the ballot. There are several new people wanting to step up and be a leader. And none of us have worked together before. So if whoever's elected is going to have to adjust to each other. We can't have, you know, personality differences affecting how they're going to govern the tribe. And when we get into office, I think it's important that we start establishing rules as, as to what we can and can't do just amongst our board. Because right now, there's a lot of turmoil, there's a lot of, you know, arguments and just things that really prevent the tribe from moving forward. I think the first step is just getting the board to get along and be effective and restoring the professionalism and working together. Do you think that it helps or hinders for uh, executive committee members to be members of multiple boards across the tribe? I think it really depends. I think it really depends on what board they sit on. It just depends on if those boards ever clash or ever have to do anything together. For instance, it's, it's federal law. You can't not, you cannot be on the gaming commission and you cannot be on the management side of the casino. So of course that one is off the table, but such as sitting on the executive committee, sitting on the housing board, you know, that can be a conflict. So I think it can be a conflict. It just depends on whether or not they have to work together in any aspect. But that is one of my goals to prevent multiple people sitting or people sitting on multiple boards. I think we have too many, you know, qualified tribal members around that can sit on these boards that we don't have to have someone sitting on four boards. And so let's expand on that. Are you going to suggest an expansion? When you say government infrastructure, are you in favor of putting more people within these programs to bolster them rather than kind of how uh, Matt Robertson says a, a more of a, like a bottleneck at the top. I don't know exactly if adding more people to the party is what's necessary because like, like Mr. Robertson said, we do have a lot of qualified people already in place. I think it's just organizing that organizing who does what, Right now, there needs to be a little less authority with the executive committee and having to approve every single decision. Like, if you have to go to the executive committee for every single decision, like I said, then why have staff? So I think it's important that we start giving authority back to the positions that it originally was with. A tribal administrator, we have a very competent tribal administrator, and I think it's time that we trust the tribal administrator to do their job. Let's transition from that into proper collaboration and what you see, if you get in office, what you see as proper collaboration and how you will encourage that. I think with proper collaboration, I think like, for instance, with ICW, when you know you have grandparents raising children, let's collaborate with AOA and give them some respite care. Let's help you know relieve those grandparents raising kids and offer some assistance with that right now i don't think there's a lot of communication between programs there is some and we have a really good program but there's just not that extra step that i think would really help the tribal members 
Let's talk about improving the workplace culture from there. Um, what do you mean by that? And what kind of policies would you implement to make sure that happened? Well, first off, I think it's very important to have an efficient onboarding process. You know, like most tribes and most, most tribal businesses, there's not very much effective training. You're not, you know, you don't, if you were to work anywhere outside of Indian country, you start a job, you sit down and you shadow someone for two weeks or however long it's designated and you learn what you're, you're supposed to do. And a lot of times that's missed here. You start a job here and you kind of try to figure it out as you go. And then if you do something wrong, then you're told not to do it in the future. And I think if you were to have an effective training system, effective policies that explain how you do your job, then you can avoid this problem. And then you'll be more comfortable about doing your job and you won't have no paranoia or fear of getting in trouble. You'll be empowered to do your job. Okay, so let's transition from that since you're talking about being open and approachable. You mentioned your right off the bat transparency. What does that transparency mean to you and how do you feel that things are not as transparent as they should be now? How, in other words, how are you going to improve on it? When I think of transparency on the top level, I'm thinking of the, the executive committee meetings. When decisions are made that affect the tribal employees that are, or affect the tribal members, and I think that that needs to be related to whatever party it's affecting. So sometimes when decisions are made on employees, they may not be notified until a week or two later, and it can just cause you know issues. And being approachable, that means listening and hearing perspectives from your tribal employee or your tribal members when you're having general council meetings. You know, if they're if we're at the meeting and they have ideas and they have input, then let's listen to it and let's decide whether or not it's valuable and let's put it in place if it is if it passes by motion. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that all tribal employees run to the executive committee or run to the top to, you know, cause issues amongst the tribe. That just means being a cultural player being approachable to your tribal members. Now, when you're getting to the exec or you're getting to the employee side of it, there is a hierarchy that needs to be followed. You need to follow, follow your chain of command. Let's talk about uh, with that and with communicating. And uh, you had made mention of bringing, making sure that. Uh, absentee voters and Wichita citizens that do not live in the area, that they're informed about all this, that they're informed, that that, that transparency extends to them. How are you going to make sure that you use technology and you use all of these things available to you to keep those lines of communication open, to keep that transparency clear? I think it's just locating the proper software that can be, you know, user-friendly because you have a lot of, you know, elders and things that aren't, they're not really comfortable with technology sometimes. So we need to find something that all tribal members can, you know, get used to and use the way it's supposed to be used. But even with that part, though, I think sometimes we need to rely on the tribal members to be active and to want to participate, too. We can make it as accessible as possible, but at some point they're going to have to want to be involved as well. And I think the reason why there's not that want and that 
um, desire to I'm know sorry, what's my going on is because a lot of times, over here. <laughs> a lot of times, I think it's because <laughs> they're not included, so they don't have any desire. They don't care what's going on because it's not going to affect them at all. So I think if we were just to have some services available for them, make them feel included, care about what they think and what they say, then I think we'll have a little bit more turnout on what you know them providing input. Do you know, and this is just off the top of your head, how many approximately uh, Wichita's there are outside of the service jurisdiction? Unfortunately, uh, we are not given that information. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and move on to uh, the general counsel and um, how you intend to improve the process to make motions and not only make those motions, but implement them once the general counsel approves them. I will just advocate for the general counsel and for whatever reason, if it's not implemented, I will keep advocating for it. When motions are made, they will be clearly written in black and white because that's the secretary's responsibility. They will be documented accordingly. They will be on file and they will be available for tribal members to read. I will, you know, work with the executive committee. There's more than one person on that committee and more than one person that can make a difference as far as, you know, advocating for the tribal members. So I'm just going to work with the committee on doing the right thing by the people. Let's talk about how your ideas for improving economic development. You mentioned that that was one of the things that was important to you. What kind of ideas do you have to do that? We have an economic development arm to the tribe. It's our Wichita Tribal Industrial Development Commission. And I don't know the differences in the authority and the relationship they currently have with the executive committee. But I think I would just develop that working relationship with them, find out what's going on, be active, participate, and, you know, just look at different opportunities. I, right now, I think they have the travel plaza. They, have, they rent certain buildings out, and they're, they're actively purchasing buildings and looking for ways. We just haven't got there yet. I think it just takes time, and I think we're just going to have to keep working towards it. With our last segment, let's talk about the office of the secretary itself and what that position actually is responsible for that person who has that office. What is that person responsible for to the Wichita people? Well, as I mentioned before, our governing resolution is six pages long. So there isn't an official position description for each position. There is an aspect in the governing resolution that explains what that position does, and it's basically just responsible for keeping records, keeping the tribal records, keeping the meeting minutes, organizing the committee, and keeping them on task. And as far as what businesses they've or what business they've handled, and what business is still on the agenda. So let's talk about how you will improve uh, on what the current secretary is doing or has done, you know, how, how are you going to make this office more efficient and make it work better for the Wichita people? 
Well, our current secretary has been on the board for eight years, and I'm very appreciative of him putting his time in and serving the Wichita people to his, the best of his ability. But as far as what I can do, I'm a very organized person. I'm very, you know, on the ball. I type very fast. I type meeting minutes, and that's I've help on the gaming commission right now to keep meeting minutes when our secretary, you know, has to be absent for a meeting. So I would just organize our tribal records, our ordinances, what motions are made, what decisions have been made, what, you know, concerns have been raised. Everything that happens in a meeting will be documented and it will be documented soon after the meeting is held. There will be no four months behind or we don't have meeting minutes for this meeting. I will make sure that all meeting minutes are kept as soon as the meetings are over. Let's talk about, and now that's the procedural side of it. Let's talk about how, if you get in office, how you will encourage Wichita citizens to become more involved in this legislative process uh, because because they are a powerful group. And so how will you encourage the the Wichita people as a whole, not just the local ones, but the ones that are across the globe? How are you going to encourage them to participate in this process? I sort of touched on this a little earlier, and that's just making information more available. It's very difficult to just go on our website and look at the website and know what's going on. So I think it, it needs to be more detailed. Our meeting minutes need to be published and available. If they want to receive it, then maybe we can mail it. I mean, we need to make sure that we have everything in one place. So if anyone were to call and ask, then they have right to see that. And I think if we were to offer more services and to treat our tribal members out of our this local area, better and work harder to provide services and I think they would care a little bit more and I like I said before though I think it's going to take the tribal members that are outside to want to want to step up also it can't just be a one-sided thing both parties are going to want to actively involve each other being an absentee voter myself I always wonder how how would you suggest that the tribe start to implement those kinds of programs because you wouldn't you have to establish something outside of your tribal jurisdiction and and how could you efficiently do that a jurisdictional issue is a very complex issue and i can't speak to how it how it's currently handled but we do have tribal funded services at our tribe that's funded by casino money and what that casino money is used for is decided by the executive committee and outside of the local area tribal members can use it but they they can use the services the same as someone here in in a dark row. so i think you know maybe providing a bigger amount to them or you know sep sep separating the tribal funded services for both local and non-local i think it's just going to take a little bit more to help these tribal members that are out of the area because they're not, unfortunately, they're not able to use our social services because of the 638 BIA requirements. They're not able to use our general assistance. There is Most of the services that they can use are casino money. So I think that maybe just looking at providing a separate program for just non-local tribal members 
I don't know what their current requirements are. So I can't say it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. It's just an idea. But I think that maybe we just need to give them a little bit more help just to show that we care. Well, and I think you're on the right track too, because I think the first step is really just to reach out and to start communicating. And just like you said, ask those people what they need and what services they would want to see offered in their community or just offered to them. You, it's, it, it would depend on how many tribal members you had in a certain community, but if there were some way to do that. I agree. And I've already reached out. I've been, I've been actively speaking to tribal members that don't live here and just getting their perspective on when they call and want to use services. What kind of experiences are they having? I've had, you know, answers of, of, well, every time I call, someone doesn't answer or they ask if they don't want to help me or, you know, I've had some of those calls, but I have had other calls where people say, well, they're doing a good job. I just don't live in the service area. So I think it's just trying to weed out those issues and just giving them proper service as if they are in an, in an Anadarko. It will take a little bit more work because they're not here. They're not able to just bring their ID in. So let's find a way to work with them. Now, let's talk about, for our last couple of minutes, let's talk about how you would work with uh, state and local people in your capacity to bolster cooperative relationships between on the government to government level. I'm not too familiar with how they currently operate with on the state level. As far as just the government, tribal government level, I think we're already taking those strides. I currently work for our tribal opioid response program, and it's a six-tribe consortium. It's the Kiowa tribe, the Fort Sill Apache tribe, the Apache tribe, Wichita, Caddo, and Delaware. So we're already making those steps to join forces and help the community as a whole. So you feel pretty positive that that work would continue and expand to uh, a greater cooperation across across the not only the tribal communities but the communities where they're located. I think that the tribal opioid response is almost somewhat a pilot project to see how we can work together and we can include all tribes. I think it's a really great program because it does offer services to three different counties. Um, as far as like reaching just the overall general community, I think we're also making strides to do this as well because our VOCA program, we have two VOCA programs at the Wichita Tribe and they both service native and non-native. Fantastic. Okay, um, with this last uh, minute and a half that we have, why don't you go ahead and talk directly to the Wichita people and tell them why you are the person they should elect for their secretary of their Wichita Executive Committee? I just want to say that I'm a very hardworking person. I'm a very proud to be. I'm very proud to be Wichita. I'm here to make a positive difference and to do what's right for the people. I'm a very honest person. I'm going to keep professionalism and I'm going to, you know, do what it takes to make sure that our tribe just keeps moving and moving and moving. 
I do want to say, though, I do have a Facebook page for anyone that wants to reach out to me or needs to know any more information about me. My page is called Which Talks for a Brighter Future. I would just appreciate your support. If you're still on the fence on whether or not you think I can represent the people, then please give me a call. Check out my page, and I'll be more than happy to discuss anything with you. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. On the line, we have Star L. Chavez. She is seeking the seat of the secretary of the Wichita Tribal Executive Committee. And uh, if you've missed any of this conversation, you can go wherever you get your podcast as soon as this is over. And uh, we're going to get that posted. So if you've missed it, you can always catch up with that. And if you have any questions for Star herself, you can go to her social media page at Wichita's for a Better Future. Is that right? Brighter Future. Wichita's for a brighter future. See, I didn't hear that right. Wichita's for a brighter future. And uh, you can follow that page, get a hold of her there. And uh, if you have any questions about her platform or uh, anything else that you might uh, have questions on about her leadership and her vision for what she sees for the Wichita people, hey, you know what? Contact her right there at Wichita's for a brighter future, and uh, I'm sure she'll be more than happy to uh, address those with you. Again, Star, thank you so much for coming on and sharing this with us. We greatly appreciate when uh, people come on and talk to us and talk to their own tribal citizens about how they think that they can improve their quality of life. And we really do need more young Native women to, to take the lead, and I'm really proud that that you put your name in there and put yourself out there. So good luck to you. And I greatly appreciate you coming here and sharing your vision with us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks everyone. Stay tuned. Um, We're going to get back to the music and don't forget if you missed any of this interview, all you got to do is go wherever you get your podcast and you can check it out for yourself. Thank you so much. We're indigenous. We're independent. We are talk jive radio.